thrusters won't stop firing. I think I'm being followed. My dad is turning green, like literally green. My last nav check put me on the range point four. This is control. Be reasonable. Keep calm and remain on the guard frequency. Welcome, pilots. You're tuned to the guard frequency, because as all good pilots know, when you're out in the deep black, you want to keep one ear on the guard. This is episode 248 of the best damn space sim podcast ever, recorded on Friday, February 15th, and made available for download on Tuesday, February 19th, 2019, over at guardfrequency.com. I'm Ben. I'm Henry. And I'm Tony. And merrily, 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 life is but a stream. Right, Ben? That's right, Tony. Remember, folks, Guard Frequency is not a one-way conversation. We welcome your comments over at GuardFrequency.com and Discord.GuardFrequency.com. You can also reach us on Twitter at GuardFreak. Your feedback's an important part of what we do, so hit us up and tell us what's on your mind. If you like what you hear, you can subscribe to our shows at feeds.guardfrequency.com or by searching for us on iTunes. And if you're not doing anything Friday nights, you should come join us around 10.30 p.m. Central as we record Guard Frequency live over at twitch.tv forward slash guardfreak. Do you like what we do? Do you want to help make the best damn Space Sim podcast ever? You can always support our show by visiting our website, clicking the Patreon logo, and becoming a regular subscriber. We want to thank all our Patreons who support us week on week. We hope you'll consider joining them because the more support we get, the better show we can make. Just head over to our website and click on the big Patreon logo to help out. And don't forget about our sister productions, Priority One and Heroes Rise. Priority One covers all things Star Trek, from the TV series to the MMO, the novels, the movies, and everything in between. Be sure to check them out at PriorityOnePodcast.com. Heroes Rise brings you up to date with the world of Dungeons & Dragons. Learn all about the latest publications, tools, tips, tricks, and traps in less time than it takes to skin a wyvern. Head over to HeroesRisePodcast.com to discover their secrets. And the housekeeping's done, so let's get to the show. What do we got in store this week, Ben? In this week's Flight Deck, we bring you all the headlines from Simulated Space, including the latest news from Star Citizen and Elite Dangerous. Next, we'll get the news from the Deep Black with Spencer McDunn on Galactic Public Radio. After that, we continue our audio adventure, Guard Frequency Origins, with one-third more drama and maybe some excitement. Finally, we open up the feedback loop and let you join in on the conversation. Lace up your booties, campers. It's time to head out to the flight deck. 3175, Port Bay, hands on approach, checkers green, call the ball. Don't get technical with me. Here are the top news bits from the world of Space Sims. Elite Dangerous puts up the first round of Squadron Leaderboard winners and, spoiler alert, we're not on them. Cloud Imperium answers one of Jeff's burning questions. Will there be more concept sales? The answer may surprise you, but it probably won't. Well, yes. So, uh, the the news this week, and again, we're kind of going through a dry spell here for, for news things, uh, but the uh, uh, Cloud Imperium released another concept ship. This one is called the Argo SRV. And it's cool. It's very cool. It's it's a space tow truck. It's it's Interstellar Mater. Yeah. From the Cars movie. I love it. They even painted it kind of a brown color. Well, I think I think we'll have paint colors, and I, I can't wait to put uh, uh, GFR uh, paint on there and uh, sl- uh, tickle it around because. Uh, you know that's going to be one of our main main kind of kind of ships, and I was kind of glad to see that. So. The thing I like about that is how animated the tractor beam hardware is. In every freaking game where you have a tractor beam, it just like is emitted from a, a vertex on the model, 
And here they've got this great big machine that reaches out and grabs things to tow it around. It's beautiful. Really cool stuff. Now, let's be clear. The tractor beams don't work right now, right? They'll be delivered next Tuesday. I hear right? Tony raining on the parade again. I know. It's, it's, just just raining it's on the... cool, man. In theory, <laughs> in theory <laughs> they work. It's a concept, it's a concept ship, okay? It's in not, concept, it's not even... I like it. Yeah, it's in, yeah, and the mechanic that it's based on is also still in concept. Next Tuesday, that was a good line, though. I see what you did there. Delivered next I Tuesday. I see what you did there. Yeah, thank you, thank you. Delivered Save next Tuesday, torpedoes. according to the roadmap, or really delivered next Tuesday? Well, you got to add sixty days, so it's like like Tuesday plus two months at least, bare minimum. Can I pay you for a tractor beam on Tuesday? Then I get today. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah, that you bet, Wimpy. No problem. See, I'm old enough to get that joke. Yeah, I, I got it. So, uh, so, 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 I mean, so, it, yeah, it's, a, it's a, so Jeff, Jeff had a question after we, when we were discussing the, uh, the forty-six million dollar investment. Is that, is that it for concept sales? And the answer here is no. They're doing more concept sales. And I think the difference this time is that we're we're in the, they do they need this money anymore? Question and answer phase, and I think the answer is clearly yeah, they do. Because the money they got from the investors wasn't for Star Citizen; it's for Squadron Forty Two. So if they want to keep making Squadron Forty Two, they got to or uh, Star Citizen, they got to keep selling stuff like this. Yeah, you know, and I and I don't kind of mind this. I I mean, I almost laid down the buy button on this one uh, when I when I got my really con- yes, I almost did, almost did, and then I stuck to my principles mm. that I wasn't laying out, spending another dime other than my monthly subscription. Um, uh, to see the completion of this game before I before I bought. When uh-huh. I hear when I hear the announcement that we're releasing for Squadron Forty Two, I will review the ships that I want to purchase and make those purchases. All right, okay. So it's, man, he's Jeff Jeff sticking to his, sticking to his guns. Anybody else pull the trigger on the uh, on the buy button? I I didn't. No. No. No, not really. Okay. No. Okay. Is it because the tractor beams aren't a thing in the game <laughs> it's yet? It's because I I don't... So this ship seems really small. I don't see how yeah. something this small can pull, like, Jeff's Phoenix around, you know? I have to call BS because I see tiny tugboats pull huge ships all the time. Like, I'm out on the water and boats just, just a little bigger than my little 25-footer are pulling So you think you ships. think it'll have enough power? Because we've talked on oh, yeah. previous shows about, you know, having to manage the power levels, right? So I haven't looked enough yet at the power plant on this thing to see if it has enough power to pull. But I would hate for you know Jeff to be stranded in his Phoenix with his hot tub, and I gotta pull him to you know our shipyard, and my thing's overheating because I can't get enough power to it. You gotta empty the hot tub first. You gotta you gotta <laughs> you gotta jettison the water from the hot tub to lighten it up a little bit, and then it'll sure. be fine. Then it'll be fine. Yeah, then it'll be fine. Empty the hot tub first, though. What were they no, but showing that's a good question. They were showing it tow something it, in the towing, video. I'm looking I mean, at obviously, it right now. it's, it's, it's just cutlass. showing it. But it's towing a cutlass. It was a cutlass, yep. so they were showing that to scale. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think a more interesting technical question is how are you going to make the thing stick, right? I mean, it's, it, you know, they're having enough trouble with the physics stuff already, right? I mean, how are you going to, it's just, you know, the, the question of how are you going to get the thing to actually stick together and how is it going to be treated? How is the how is the how is the is it going to be an attachment to the ship, like like the like the snub fighters hook in, or is it going to be a separate ship and it's just the you you program the the engines of the other ship to go where the other sh- where your tra- tractor beam goes? 
Um, I'm looking at the website right now. So they show it pulling a phoenix or a constellation of some sort. So I do stand corrected. But also it looks directional. It's it's lifting a cargo container beneath it in one of the photos. So the the animated video, it's pulling a cutlass. And then there's some stills. And one of them, it's lifting up a cargo container. And then the next still, it's pulling a constellation. Yeah, I think you're going to see a lot of different configurations for that tractor beam hardware because she was talking about, I can't remember the artist's name. Um, I'm sorry, uh, she was talking about uh, uh, how she had to design it to be able to pull different things and how it had to look right and all all those configurations. So they've put thought into that. And I also believe that this won't be a, you know, one of those ships you travel and I see a bunch of these in, say, something like a, or a couple of these in, say, like a Cutlass. We go to a location... You know, we're, we're ferrying uh, wrecks and pilots and whatever, stuck pilots out of a situation, and then we pack up and go somewhere else. Yep. I don't see I don't see this as uh, like the Cutlass Red, which I expect to be, you know, jump capable and, you know, full of med bay and ready, you know. It's this two thing's system, supposed to have a jump drive. It's two systems away, and I, I really... I didn't get into the specs of it. I just thought it was very cool. Well, this is just me going to the gameplay part again. I'm, 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 I got called out in feedback for that. So I'm thinking too much. Me and my gameplay obsessions. Right. So I'll back off. I'll back off. Easy there, Tony. Well, I'll, I'll, t- I'll take up the mantle. I mean, I can I can yeah, do the gameplay scenario. I, I think as much about gameplay as anybody else does. But I obsess about it, though. It's what I do. So anyway, that's the that was, that was the big news. The Q and A went out today, so hopefully some of these Q's and A's will get answered uh, over the course of the next week by the dev teams that were uh, uh, assigned to such. Uh, and so that, unless anyone anyone else have anything Star Citizen needed to chat about, I- audio. They had a RTV where they were talking about a whole lot of audio stuff. Um, computer voices for your in ship systems. Um, discussion of whether or not they should be branded like if you're in an Argo ship they're all the same you know what I mean or if you should mm. be or if it should follow you if it should be like um, it, you know Jarvis where you have your configuration and it's the same in every ship you go to um, and I don't know I don't know what I think about that I like the idea of variety um, and I kind of like the idea of it being like brand specific because that's what we see right now with our AI is it's all brand specific you have Alexa you can't call it Siri that kind of stuff um, and it's got a d- d- distinctive voice but I can choose whether to use uh, Siri or Cortana or Alexa I can choose uh, you know the the backgrounds and the colors of my my screens and you can um, choose what ship to fly what brand to fly you can well, fly any class from any manufacturer but you're gonna get the bells and whistles that come from that brand but familiarity breeds a bit of uh, expectation when you're flying, I guess. Um, so the more comfortable, if you have a personal HUD, for example, or a personal AI that you enjoy flying with, you want to take that on any ship you load. Oh, welcome, Jeff, loading now your preferences, you know, kind of thing. That seems true to an extent, but like in, in uh, Elite, I fly with uh, HCS voice packs, which I'm yeah, sure I'll be using do. in... Uh, Star Citizen, and they even have some. I don't know how they integrate really because everything's so in in flux. But they have some. 
Um, so I use those, and then I, you have options in Elite. You can use, uh, I think it's Verity and Victor. Is that what it is? I so use you can Verity. choose different ones. So when I'm on yeah. my ship, I use the uh, Verity, the the lady's voice, whatever yeah, that mm-hmm. one's called. I use that one, and then when I'm in the SRV, I switch to Victor. Um, just because it's different variety, and then I keep t- different crew members with me in the HCS voice packs. So the whole thing is still familiar, you're getting the same input, but the voices that talk to you are different, and it makes you feel like you're in a different ship. I love that when I'm in my SRV, I have this deeper, like, echoey voice. Yes, but no matter what you fly, you take Verity and Victor. Yeah, I choose it's them. A, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So the 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 choices may be different from the type of, you know... Uh, uh, whether you're on the ground or driving or flying, whatever you fly, you have a familiar uh, familiar set of voices for you. Yeah, that's true. And honestly, I think third-party tools will make it probably irrelevant anyway, because unless they're really going to make them very interactive, I think HCS voice packs are going to blow them away anyway. Uh, and uh, Frontier has done great work at integrating those voice packs into the game. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, worth noting it's think, not just a voice pack. They're they're right. talking to the program. Right. So I think uh, Star Citizen will do pretty much the same thing, too. That's cool. It's one of my favorite things in Elite is talking to, the, like, not really just sitting around talking to the crew, obviously, but everything's voice control. So in VR, you never take your hands off the sticks. Everything's easy, and you get a lot of vocal feedback. That's cool. I figured out how to make my ship fly with just voice commands. I, I, I took it out of the dock and went through the mail slot just telling the thing what to do. I want to do that, that was so bad. Cool. How did you set... You can set, like, pitch and all that? Yeah. No. Yeah, you just have to... Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's, it's not easy to do. It is not easy to do, and it's and it's configuration and ship-specific, right? Because it's all about weight and thrust and, and power and everything. So That's cool. I had to... I, I got it. My Anaconda, I had one specific loadout, and I was able to tell it, you know, uh, uh, up... It's, I can't remember the commands exactly, but it was like up normal, up full, and that was just... It was tied to a key press of a certain length of the thrusters. So I just... It lifted off. I uh, rotated the ship. I accelerated out, and yeah, and... Yeah, it 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 it's it took some time and work to do, but you you can with with those voice packs, just control your ship completely with your voice. That's cool. On the subject of voice, though, it's going to be interesting because voice packs generally work when you're by yourself, and when you get, start getting into a group, it's and, annoying. And, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and so yeah. the voice the the voice packs have got to get intelligent enough to uh, or whatever have to get intelligent enough to know that when we're speaking to the ship and when we're speaking to our mates when i did that i had to i had to uh, bind my pinky switch on my joystick to uh, 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 turn on and off so when i wanted to talk to the computer i pulled on the pinky that cut my mic off for the uh, voiceover to you know for the voip um, line the vip line and it activated uh the uh the voiceover the hcs pack and then i an update or something like that and screwed up the the thing like discord updated or something and it screwed up the poll so i couldn't i couldn't do that anymore so i did i turned off voice packs i uh so. i have a different approach i just use my voice pack and talk to it and don't care that i'm bothering everyone and that sucks i shouldn't do that probably yeah yeah i can i'm yeah, sorry that, Tony. Um, does that bother you when i do that that's super annoying we're yeah, flying around really and i'm like Deploy weapons. Yeah, you're not talking to me. You're like, deploy weapons. I'm like, no, you're not the boss of me, Henry. <laughs> I'll deploy weapons when I like. I'll do what yeah. I want. Sorry. Yeah. My bad. I should or, be more considerate. Or, 
or wait until you know and you got a voice pack and say you know deploy weapons and get you into trouble and get out the heck out of they need the lego Mm. batman interface hey pewter hey pewter shields full (laughs) (laughs) everything's beautiful That's that's good. That's good. We, yeah, I think you can you can train the voice pack to do that. To, so, but it, it that would be tough. Yeah, everything is prefaced with yeah. "Hey, Peter." That that would takes that takes longer. Yeah, it'd probably know. be less annoying in a group because then you know you're talking to your ship. But if everybody, like, if all of us are yeah, but everybody together, <laughs> <laughs> shut up. <laughs> We're talking to your computer. Yeah, yeah, too much. All right, well, uh, the other thing that came out this week, and again, it's kind of a, a news desert, uh, Elite Dangerous has released their squadron leaderboards, or they did uh, last, it's almost, it's going on two weeks now, looks like, it's beginning, or no, a week ago, on the 7th, uh, a little more than a week ago, so we didn't cover it last week, but I just want to mention it real quick, because it's another sort of community thing, 11,000 squadrons have been created since launch, according to Frontier. Uh, and all these people are uh, uh, competing in a, in a variety of categories. There are uh, combat, which I guess is combat bonds and bounties, CQC, which I guess is still a thing, uh, exploration, which would, I'm sure, obviously be turning in uh, exploration data, political, um, which is something, uh, power play, which would be your different power play factions, trade, which would be your your raw uh, traded values, and Xeno Defense, which is blowing up aliens. So, these things, and they have it uh, divided out into uh, PC, Xbox, and PlayStation. So, no matter which uh, platform you're on, they've got uh, different uh, leaderboards. So, you're playing with the, uh, those groups, since obviously, we don't all play on the same servers, or whatever they are. But uh, so, are we going to ever compete with these guys for any of these things? Is this something we want to uh, want to tackle? We want to shoot for any of these? I I never liked leaderboards. I I'm not a I'm a competitive person, but I'm not that competitive. You know, it requires uh, you know, to be on the top of the leaderboards requires more time to uh, donate than I want to or care to to put in. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of leaderboards myself. I mean, I, I'd, I'd much rather have squadron goals that like did something like say um, a carrier of some kind yeah would be fantastic yeah. Um, yeah what's up with that where are my carriers at I think that's not happening now one. right like it's, it's been not, put not off right now. and they've not said when yeah. it's happening they just said oh you're getting carriers in 3.4 whatever and then they said oh wait no I was, wait no we're not doing carriers right now and then we're not going to talk about it anymore just no yeah, more carrier well, there's, there's radio silence on it, which makes me suspect, and we talked a little bit about this last week with our Space Legs conversation, that carriers will figure heavily into their Elite Dangerous 2 expansion pack, paid DLC, whatever this is that's coming up. I'd be fine with that. I, yeah, I, I strongly anticipate that that is going to be to factor heavily into it. And I'm hoping, like we were talking last week, that it turns into a kind of a management game, like, uh, like you know, their... their uh, uh, Planet Coaster and Jurassic World um, properties, that that the management of the carrier is something that you you do either as a squadron or maybe even individually, but uh, we'll have to see on that. And I, I think I think the leaderboards are again probably an in-game beta even, just so they can keep just so how they can keep track of squadron behavior, how many people log in, how many people are on it uh, uh, concurrently. 
at what times do they get peak server traffic how does it work when they're trying you know in multiple instances of multiple players try to cooperate on the same uh, the same project I, I have a feeling this is, a lot of this is stress testing and uh and and gathering data as to how these things work so uh we're probably not going to participate in the leaderboard things but congratulations to groups like the anti-xeno initiative who unsurprisingly maybe took the the xeno defense uh gold medal uh in the uh in the uh pc uh, area the winged hussars took golden combat cqc discord took uh, golden and cqc obviously uh so congratulations to uh to all those uh groups and we'll see who wins the next round next season next time the interest in your voice is just it's like i can it's tell not how, there it's yeah. just not there that's how it's it, you wanted we, to carry I mean, again, her so bad i wanted to I did too. I, we did yeah Oh, everybody wanted the carrier, but the, I think they're coming, and I think it'll probably have to do with their next uh, the next big expansion. During the last Steam sale, I was able to pick up that uh, Jurassic Park game, the Jurassic Park Builder game, and Planet Coaster, and I played them, and oh, then right. listened to our episode. And I think that would be really cool in Elite if they did something like that. You know that that is clearly one of their strengths is that theme park management game engine. Yeah. So I totally yeah. got where you were coming from when I was listening to the podcast after playing those games. And then I went back and played yeah. them because they're yeah. addicting. <laughs> yeah, well, that, that's the thing, too, is that any of those little Empire Builder games, I just, I sink way too much mm-hmm. time into. So anything that where you have to, like, you know, balance your economy and attract, you know. Well, uh, what, so I had a thought, this was some, and, and after last week, I thought, you know, that maybe this would be something that they would consider with the Empire building is that we uh, not only do we get a space station, but we get a planet or a moon or something to start building a base on and oh yeah m- manage as uh, manage uh, resources and you know whatever else they want to care to throw at us at, a, at you know whether it be alien artifacts or you know uh, uh, a raid or you know by NPCs or something that uh, um, we could. We could, as a team, manage the 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 ground. On. Yeah. Well, and see, that, all that stuff would integrate very easily into the background simulation because you would just do your stuff, and then when the server ticks over once a week, it would just import all the things you'd done during the week, right? That Thursday night or whatever, and then your planetary or your your ship base or whatever it happens to be uh, updates with that, and then for the next week, that's how you. Would view it in the game, in the in the in the uh, sim game, you know, where you're flying your ship and stuff, uh, and then you take the next week to prepare your next quote moves, uh, and then that would update again. And it would import with the background simulation. So, I'm intrigued by my own idea. I love the game we're building. Uh, so hopefully they're listening to us and doing all these things and taking copious notes about how they're going to integrate these things together uh, in the expansion. And now that we're all caught up on space sim news, let's get caught up on space news with Galactic Public Radio. Good evening from Galactic Public Radio on NC. I'm Spencer McDunn, and these are the top headlines from around the known galaxy. And Eris and her fortune go missing under mysterious circumstances. For the latest, we go to Smooth Furnace. 
Thanks, Spencer. Accountants, white-collar crime commentators, and investigators are baffled by the sudden insolvency of one of the foremost family companies in the galaxy. The Ambrose Foundation, an interstellar investment firm controlling the wealth of several medium-sized imperial houses, lost a reported 300 billion credits virtually overnight. Initial reports indicate that the hard assets of the foundation were liquidated and the proceeds transferred to anonymous accounts scattered throughout every jurisdiction in known space. Given the near-universal acceptance of the Bank of Zeon's credit, but the fractured and competing galactic banking authorities, the transactions were completed and the money wired away before foundation officials knew what hit them. At the same time, Foundation Chairwoman Baroness Oxana Ambrose has confirmed that her daughter, Lady Talitha Ambrose, cannot be found. The Baroness suspects foul play. Quote, I can only assume that vicious criminals have kidnapped Lady Talitha and tortured her into surrendering her inheritance. End quote. The Foundation is using the last of its reserve funds to wind down the firm and has hired the Wallglass Investigations Agency to track down the thieves. Officials with the Bank of Zeance have refused to comment on the record, citing the ongoing criminal investigation. However, one anonymous source with knowledge of the bank's internal inquiry told GPR, quote, Everyone here thinks the daughter ran off with mommy's money, but nobody has the guts to tell the Baroness. How do you tell someone that their kid just took them for a quarter trillion credits? End quote. From the Zeon System for Galactic Public Radio, I'm Smooth Furnace. Thanks, Smooth. The winking cat thief or talented copycat criminal has struck the Museum of Civilization on Mars. Three works were reported missing, identified by authorities as Rembrandt's self-portrait with two circles, Picasso's Granica, and Okea's Terra Absentia. Each artwork was removed without alerting security, and the trademark winking cat image painted on the wall in its place. Museum historian Dr. Imogene Riang told GPR, quote, The loss of so many cultural artifacts is incalculable. This despicable criminal should have been hunted down long ago, end quote. Despite the immense loss of valuable art throughout the galaxy, some commentators view the winking cat crimes as a political statement. Federal Times cultural journalist Kyoko McGrath stated, quote, High-profile crimes such as this have resulted in the winking cat motif becoming a popular anti-establishment symbol, appearing in advertising, graffiti, and music. Ironically, the calling card of the art thief is now itself a culturally significant work of art. End quote. Finally, in local news, following the swift resolution of the civil disturbances reported last week, another armed conflict has broken out between two former partners. Revolutionary, Ansith-Free, and I-Pappas Federal Industry are currently fighting for control of Valdez de Torres Orbital Terminal and Barcelos Reach Colony. Guard Frequency Response Associate Director Richard Clemens told GPR, quote, Just last week, these two factions were helping us keep the peace. It appears that the brief period of cooperation only served to expose some deep-seated rivalries. We do expect the fighting to end soon, one way or another, end quote. Until the next turn of the worlds for Galactic Public Radio, I'm Spencer McDunn. Good night.
gonna save you today. Let's go. You wanna fly or not? Let's kick the tires and light the fires, Big Daddy. I can't say anything more than that right now, but things happen. Is space space is a big place? People disappear if but there are things. Okay, hey. go enjoy money and go enjoy guns. Uh, you know, keep in touch. Don't be a stranger. I'm I'm gonna go sell some hairspray now. All right, uh, go <laughs> ahead and uh, all right. Or do you want to sell any of the guns, or do you want to uh, sell the hairspray, or do you want to keep it all, or what do you want to do? I want to sell the hairspray, or at least the seven cans that I have Roll left. Roll one d one hundred. Ninety six. Well done. All right, so you found a sucker, or a. Let's call him a memorabilia collector. So you have seven cans that were that are definitely collector's items worth, you know, ballparkish thirty-five thousand apiece. You are patient. You mean total? What's that? You mean total? Uh, it's like you said they were worth five thousand. Right, right. Oh, yeah, five, oh, so yeah, five thousand apiece. Seven credits or seven bottles left after the one you use on your hair. But because you use it on your hair, you are very convincing to this guy. <laughs> because you have that increased social factor, and he sees how awesome it is, and, and that it still works, right? They're like they're collector's items that are still in good shape, so he is willing to offer you ninety six times that, ninety six times, wow. uh, so thirty five, thirty five thousand times almost one hundred, uh, which is three point five million, right? Do I get? The, do I have enough zeros on that? I think uh, so. We'll, 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 we'll. My my math is my brain's not mathing yeah, so, right, right now. So uh, Excel. I don't think Tony's ever tried to sell a comic book or anything like that because that is not how that goes. Well, this guy thinks this <laughs> the guy collector's thinks, like really it's worth thirty five thousand. I'll give you ninety six million. Yeah, so, that's not how it goes. No, I, yeah, every, I, I'm aware of this, but this is this is space game, and she rolled a ninety six. After yeah, rolling a bunch funny. of natural <laughs> ones, I mean, now I'm going to help. I'm going to help, 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 help a friend out here. So uh, th- we're going to call it the three point three point four million credits because okay. he knows that he knows a guy that's going to that's going to that's going to do way better. And plus, you got that social factor going on. And he thinks you're hot. And and he also says if you find anything else like this, you bring it to me. Done. Okay. All right. So <laughs> bring that dude anything. That's great. <laughs> right. All right. So three point four million credits richer, credits richer, and you have uh, you got four shotguns, and he, Clev gave you one hundred fifty grand. Uh, do you want to keep the shotguns or sell the shotguns? I was actually thinking about giving them to the other players. Except for one of them, because I'm going to keep Aren't one. Aren't you the nicest? All right. I thought she was going to say, except for one of them, because Kinshadow can't have one. <laughs> <laughs> well, he does already have the pretty gun. That is that is Kinshadow, right? Yeah, he's got, he's got a pretty gun. I think Shiv has kind of a pretty gun. Uh, Henry, did you get a pretty gun? I don't even know what I got. I'm not really a gun guy. Oh, uh, yeah. He's not to. really a gun guy. <laughs> <laughs> so he'll like your shotgun. All right. So that uh, thus will conclude Adira's little adventure. Uh, right. Okay. Right so on done, man. first three who tells me they want one of my cool shiny shotguns, or maybe they're rusted. Who knows? No, no, they're they, they, they're in fine condition. And Clev test fired one of them and inspected the other ones. They all seem to be great. They're, they're, they're what are they shape. called? The Exalt. Uh, what was it? Exalt uh, Scatter Wild Scatter. Exalt Wild Wild Scatter. Wild Scatter. Wild Scatter. Exalt Wild Scatter. That's not a bad run, man. 
pretty good run. Pretty cool. Yeah. That, that 96 was clutch. Collector's item hairspray. Fantastic. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Got lucky there. <laughs> All right. So, um, thus, end, thus endeth your adventure. The stats on the gun were as follows. Uh, short range is up to eight meters. Difficulty roll of three. Medium range is 12 meters. Difficulty level of seven. And long range is 30 meters. So anything out past 30 meters you can't hit. Uh, with, the long, with a difficulty rating of 12. And then this, the damage is 3d10, but that only is out to 8 meters. Damage is 2d10 out to 12 meters. And 1d10 out to 30 meters. And then the divide fire special. When firing the shotgun, you must always divide fire. However, you inflict full damage against each target in the divide fire zone instead of half. So divide fire is when you pick two targets, but this time there's no penalty for that. I can only carry one gun at a time. I can carry like a, a sidearm and I can carry like a uh, one a two like two weapon. gun. Mm -hmm. yeah, okay. Unless you have like special fatigues, which okay. if you wanted to do that, we could, you know, we, as part of the session zero thing, you can you can do that. All right, well, let's fast forward the clock a little bit. Uh, congratulations to uh, Dira for uh, successfully completing her uh, downtime mission. Um, we're going to catch you up to current day. This has always been the story of Guard Frequency Origins, how these you know, players first interacted when they and, and got to, uh, introduced to the Guard Frequency uh, organization. So you're all competent pilots now, uh, Adira and Ken Shadow and uh, Ale. And so they can bring you officially on to do um, contract work for Remlock. You can be, you know, legit on the books employees. And it's not it's not great work. I mean, it's not it, but it definitely helps you keep up with basic repairs to your ships. And it's it's steady income. And you get a little, you know, you know a little cash, a little cash, cash, C-H or a, yeah, C-A-C-H-E, a little cash with other pilots because you pull them out of the drink if they if they uh if they go down. So, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a good thing to, to be associated with. Um, I want everyone to roll a 1D100. 93. 66. 66 for Kinshadow. Six for me as well. Oh, no. Uh, you got a six, six for Romulan six. Ale. Okay. So how bad is my roll? Your, bad, your roll is bad. Uh, Can I spend a karma point? Do I need to? You may not. No, no, no. no. Oh. Because this kind of works out. This kind of works out a little bit. Adira, as we have no uh, seen from our previous thing, she's a bit of a goody two shoes. Uh, you know, she's 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 definitely into the whole doing the right thing thing. So she gets and answers a lot of these calls. So she gets five thousand credits per call. So ninety three times uh, five thousand is um, a lot. Another, I think it's another almost half a million credits. So you are on the ball, and over the course of the year or so between the end of your adventure and this, you are pulling pilots out of the drink a lot. So you can add that to your total. Uh, I'll bring that back up. I'll tell you exactly what that is. Using the magic of Excel, 465,000 credits. Kinshadow rolled a 66, and he will receive for his good works... And we're going to roll a supplementary thing here in a second, Ken Shadow. 330,000 uh, credits. Okay. And Romulan Ale, I don't need Excel for that one because you get... I got a dollar. You get, you get <laughs> a tip. You get tree I got a tip for carrying Ken Shadow's bags for the past two years. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, uh, 
you guys don't know what everyone did on the off time, but Henry was a bit of an explorer. Romulan Linnell was a little bit of an explorer. So he, he was he's not he didn't have the opportunities when he's sort of out, out of the bubble. So uh, he only rescued uh, six pilots because he was only in the area for six of them uh, for a total of 30,000 credits. Um, so Ken Shadow, um, you were uh, during your off time adventure, you were made aware of a certain procedure which some less than scrupulous um, is this the penile enlargement? No, he was talking about uh, one? <laughs> it's, it's the one with the hand pump. It has the hand pump. No, <laughs> yeah, that's the one I got. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm talking about. Hopefully, hopefully, Ken Shadow remember this this detail from from his earlier adventure. There is a certain a certain thing that some pilots, some less than scrupulous pilots, who encounter distressed or disabled um, ejected pilots in the in the deep black, they occasionally would do. Um, and I wanted to know if Ken Shadow was going to take advantage of those things. Of that same procedure. Let me think about it for a minute. I, I remember this, what we did. I'm trying to remember this, what the specific mechanic you're talking about is. This was this was you you encountered an individual who was fired oh, basically that's right. from I guard frequency was, for performing this for, for performing yes. this um, activity. Um, why not? Sure. Okay. All right. So uh, remlocks or remlocks go off when the pilot ejects, and sometimes they're alive. Most of the time, they're alive. Like ninety nine percent of the time, remlocks are really good company, very effective. But sometimes they're not, and so sometimes you come across a deceased individual who, who didn't make it, even though his suit managed to send off a distress signal. Go ahead and roll a one d one hundred. I'm gonna try and be smarter about it than the guy that I caught. So yes, uh, yeah. 61. Uh, okay. All right. So 61. Uh, that's uh, That would be good for a... <laughs> More hairspray. <laughs> uh, so you, you, you go through his pockets to look, to look for loose change, but in on, on, the, on the dead body of a very... Uh, of a, of a pretty stoutly built uh, male pilot, you find a Cubeo liquid dress. This is the height of fashion. Are uh, you going to use a bottle yourself before you sell the rest to a collector? Because so, I'll bet that looks funny. So the Cubeo liquid dress, my friend, is a plus three to social factors. So it's three times as effective <laughs> as the hairspray that a deer found. Uh, and I'll read the description for you. Pour the dress on for tailoring that doesn't get closer. One use, <laughs> one use only, requires surgical knives to remove. <laughs> wow, that's so hot. For a value of 80,000 credits. All right. Uh, so congratulations. Um, that's awesome. That's, that's, uh, that's the next best thing to lingerie. It um, really, it's, it's, it gets a lot closer than any lingerie you've ever, I was going to say worn, but I'll say seen. <laughs> Either way. Poured on yourself. <laughs> Who hasn't worn a latex dress once in a while? It's, it's like a, it's like an automated version of Skin Wars on on Netflix. Um, I don't know if you, that's a no, no, that one went right past me, but I'll take your word for that. It, anyway, um, um, I'm guessing yes. I'm going to try and sell that. So. What's oh, I'm, I am very disappointed. In you. Yeah, I, I like I like looking pretty, but that's a little. I'm more into leather than than paint. Roll a one d ten. A seven. Seven. So you're you're in a kind of a hurry to to unload this thing, and so mm. you can uh, you you take you take a thirty percent discount on it. Mm. So okay. uh, understandable. Uh, 
yeah, you know, you're just like, yeah, I don't know, this was this was a bad idea. I shouldn't do this anymore. I can see why that guy got fired. This is just uh, it's just not worth it. It's just not a thing. So uh, you uh, managed to uh, offload it quietly uh, for fifty six thousand credits. Okay, buddy, what's on your mind? We're all friendly. Some say he's launched a book aimed at 9 to 12 year olds, and that he's pleased to say he's managed to hit one of them. But all we know is he's called the Shiv and he'll put together this week's feedback. And a recap of last week's community question Are you chill about the roadmap from CI? What does Space Legs mean to you? Commander Horsekreitz, Space Legs to my mind would be similar to how I used to walk around a city in Warcraft or Evercrest and get to chat with people without being hit by mobs. But in games like Warcraft and EverQuest, there were only a small number of cities and towns, so they felt nicely populated. Given the number of stations in Elite, you could well walk around most of them and never get to meet another person. My solution would be that if you disembarked your ship, you would be placed into a kind of instant station where everyone went, so that you got to meet other people's characters. You might well see the name Yamakaze Station, but the other people you got to meet could see Lave Station on his screen. This would give the game a better in-game community spirit, which it lacks when you compare it to games such as Warcraft. Keep up the good work, guys. Love the show. That's a good point, is that a lot of other games that try to have that social feeling, they have very few social zones, right? And they even try to actively limit I like the it. way he said it, though. That's really cool. I like that idea. Yeah. It's a solution. I don't know if there, it would be one that they could, like quote realistically it may break too much you know. immersion but having just generic yeah. station that you'd be on wouldn't be bad i think it might be cool and especially at the at like the intro level like the those spawning stations like the ones where you join when you're a new player that could help a lot it could help a lot having just knowing that there are places that people will hang out and if you go to the newbie station if you want to mentor or if you're uh, trying to recruit for your squadron or whatever it could that could help out quite a bit, and that's a good even point. like an in fiction uh, solution. Like you can teleport to other ships, and it's like you're on that ship. Yeah. Imagine an augmented reality holodeck where you like walk into a bar, and half the people there are in a bar on the other side of the galaxy, but you're hanging out with them, and they have no idea if you're really in their room or your room until maybe you shake hands yeah. and one of you is a hologram, and you're like, oh. Sh- you're not even here. No, I'm on like I'm on Love A Station in the Andesith on the Andesithi Station. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Right, exactly. So that'd be now cool. I mean, that, that, that would too. be neat, and it'd yeah. be something nobody has. Augmented reality space bars in Elite. We should have that. Why not? We, you know, the, Henry teleports into the the co-pilot seat, you know, and from, from halfway across the galaxy. So sure, why not? Creator of myth, you have one missed call from the deep black. Hit it, Mikey. This is Commander Creator of Myths. Do you read me? Over. Again, this is Commander Creator of Myths. I am broadcasting on the war frequency from the general direction of Bubble Nebulae. Does anybody read me? Over. Okay, I guess I will just hope someone out there is listening to this. Hello guys. I am glad I have kicked up an elite center discussion in the last episode. I'd like to add a few more points. With any luck, my power cells and your attention won't die before I get to the end of this transmission. Wait for it, there will be a disclaimer. Point 1. Citizen versus Elite coverage. Now the main reason you gave for why you speculate much more about the former 
is because Cloud Imperium generates more news, roadmaps, controversies, etc. In short, more information to work with. I'm raising a strong objection to that. Considering CI's long-term trend of over-promising and under-delivery, these data do not qualify as usable information, but just noise. Any speculation based on those goes straight to the realm of fanfiction. How is that different from nothing Frontier Developments gives you? Just feel free to speculate based on their previous achievements, mistakes, passing references and such. It is literally the same as talking about the latest Star Citizen roadmap before its inevitable future revision. Point 2. The PvP and PvE possibilities in Ellie. You've talked much about player versus player action and how it affects the open play. My view is different. When I think of a multiplayer, I always imagine co-op gameplay. The space alone is tough enough. No need to grieve one another in PvP. What I want from Frontier is wing slash multi-crew interconnected experience. 12 commanders in 5 ships? Why not? After all, this is exactly what those cinematic trailers have been promising us. A bunch of people playing together, enjoying the game. And for those who want PvP gameplay, one simple checkbox, that's it. You opt out and simply cannot be killed by a human player. You won't even get into an instance with the wanted criminal. And the galaxy is shared, so any world impacting player actions are reflected for all of us. Point 3. The community question, space legs. Unless Chris Roberts has undermined the term so much by now, I'd say the space legs are all about <coughs> immersion. As long as I'm concerned, it could be just another way to do the stuff we do through menus right now, but with real movement around the ship, inside and outside. Getting in and out of an SRV, cargo scooping on planets and in zero G, stretching your legs in hangar while the ship is refueling, going to the cantina to look for context or to meet other players, visiting the crop fields at orbit station. It is not about gameplay per se, but about the experience. Me personally, I just crave for that. And. Since the release of the base game, the whole team has been talking about this possibility. Trailers were showing commanders a food since the beginning, so we know the legs are coming. You see, Elite is basically a role-playing game for me. I wanna immerse myself into my role even more. That's what space legs mean to me. Oh, and I need an autopilot capable of jumping to the fuel star by itself while I'm fiddling with the hollow chest in the back of my ship. Closing notice. That joke about check 1, check 2 did not land with me, and I feel the need to speak out. Coincidentally, I am a Czech, and I can assure you Tony, we don't appreciate being considered an Eastern Europe country, nor do we use Cyrillic alphabet, just homey Latin. And the notion of a Russian counting Czechs feels a little unsensitive considering their military invasion 50 years ago. But hey, it was just a joke, let's let it fly. See you out there. Velitel creator of Mitsi avatarem hráče Jakuba Šenkýře ve hře Elite Dangers. Elite Dangers, včetně tatarisku Horizons a všech placených či neplacených DLC a dalšího obsahu je duševním vlastnictvím společnosti Frater Developments. Software označovaný Star Citizen je ve všech svých verzích a včetně všech nabízených designů vesmětých lodí existujících či neexistujících duševním vlastnictvím společnosti Cloud Imperium. Ward Frequency není konkurentem podcastu Guard Frequency. Forgive me my English, I am not a native speaker. Goodbye. That was fantastic. Yeah, he did a nice job. I must have missed the joke he was yeah, he talking did. about with the counting check. Like, I would like to. I, I must have missed that. I'll, that was the sum sale yeah, last was, week, and we all yeah. cracked up about it. Now, 
We'll start with that because I should have known better. All right, just a little extra background on Tony. I went to college in 1995, just a few years after the Berlin Wall fell, and that was like a major topic in the political science field. So the Prague Spring of 1968 is a historical fact which should not be overlooked in the current timeline where half of Ukraine is, is under Russian invasion. So I'm going to cop to that 100%. I probably, you know, should should be a little more sensitive about the Russians and the Czech thing. That It's, it's a true, that's that's a true statement. Wait till you campaign so, again and they're like, remember oh, the insensitive yeah, things you yeah, said about the Czechs? Yeah, insensitive jerk. That's right. <laughs> uh, I forget how they're going to lose the Czech vote. But it's, but, but, uh, but yeah, no, and, and Czech is a NATO member. So whatever Eastern European connotations they might have had when they were behind the Iron, Iron Curtain, that's at least 20 years out of date now. So, so I'm going to cop to all that creator of myths. Uh, you know, mea culpa on that one. That's uh, that's true. But as for the other stuff, those are good points. I mean, the the you know, we we elite has a track record of trying things and failing at them, and they are have and the trajectories have been public since beta. Like you said, the space legs is a thing they've been trying for for a long time, and it's in all the trailers. There's 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 grist for the mill. There's grist for the mill. I'll tell you what I like best about that. He was talking about what space legs means to him. And it's not about gameplay. It's about being able to uh, walk out of your ship and take a walk across the hangar and look at the the plants growing and things. That was really cool. It's exactly what I'm thinking. And that is exactly what Elite does because there's not a lot of gameplay on planets that you go out to find, in Nebula that you go to find, even though that you can find a couple of things now. It's all about the experience of going there in a lot of cases. And I would be fine if that's all Space Legs was. First of all, I want to. His delivery of the content was spot on. I think. I think we need. You know, he kept it. You know, that in-game feeling, that all about what we are and using guard frequency, and um, so I, <clears throat> on the creative level, Crater Myth, your your name is oh, name yeah. is well deserved, yeah. uh, and. Um, I have to agree with almost all of your comments there, including that Tony was uh, being an ass. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. Come on. That's I don't think that's fruit. what he said. But yeah. it. <laughs> no, it was. It, no, we he, all, he we, said you know, we all laughed a joke at the joke. We all, yeah. we all yeah, yeah. But, but no, I, I didn't. I wasn't here. I wasn't going to be a part of that. Uh, but but I having having served in the uh, you know started my military service in 1979 1980 and the and the wall coming down um, and and fighting for those of, of, of oppression and and I should have known better uh, I I'm also part of that uh, uh, apology. Me and Ben are innocent and clean. We also need to apologize because we're guard frequency response, and it took a week to get his message. So somebody <laughs> obviously wasn't listening. <laughs> well, I don't, no, I'm blaming some of the tech guys. I'm kicking this down to the to the lower. You know, he said there's one call missing, right? We missed a call. I, I'm the I'm the guy at the top. Commander, tech pass the buck. Not taking the blame. That's right. <laughs> Hell no. Someone's. I already fired Henry earlier in the show. I got to find somebody else to fire now. So yeah, now we get that. Yeah, sorry about that. You're in the you were in the buffer. That should, you shouldn't it shouldn't have been there. Sorry about that. All right, Druid writes in and says, "Me not accounting for Brian is a very good point and a counterpoint he brings to the show. Tony having a near meltdown about labels of all things was just plain entertaining for that reason. As for the complaint in particular, I can understand organizations are important to some people, but for me, content is much more important to at least semi arbitrary categorization." Of course, I don't have to read through it, so I have it easy on that regard. 
As for the Squadron 42 having priority over Star Citizen, that's as it should be and entirely expected. The Squadron, as far as I can recall, has always been intended to come out first, thus prioritizing it in the big push to release just plain makes sense. As Brian, I believe, rightly pointed out, the same features aren't always going to be implemented the same in a single-player versus multiplayer environment. Thus, Squadron's implementation is likely to be both quicker and easier. I can understand the frustration on not seeing professions coming to Star Citizen, but Squadron should be the priority until they get it out the door. Then they can bring them fully into the other game. Thanks for the great show, everybody. It's a good discussion. We always have a good discussion. And, you know, uh, was it... Uh, uh, near meltdown. I I think I, I I would like to think I was a little farther away from the meltdown area, but I could be. Biased. I don't know if I've ever seen you like melt down. I wouldn't call it. I wouldn't I call I it a meltdown. Down. I don't think I melted down. I, you know, I, I, could, I if, if I if I didn't bring some passion, uh, yeah, that, and some that's heat the word to the I was thing. Gonna use yeah. Tony was passionate about it. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And who who wants to listen to the the vanilla guy? Yeah, I'm pretty mad about how they organized their chart. I'm. <laughs> I wish they would have organized it slightly differently. <laughs> I have a new chart. I have a different chart that I'd like to play as an alternative. I posted it in the chat. <laughs> I, you know, <laughs> I would tune that out. And that's me. Tony talking. needs any. Tony so. needs an e, e, e or mode. Sorry, don't suppose my job's in this version. <laughs> I didn't have anything important to say anyway. So, I'm so, just going to so, be quiet so, in a minute or two. <laughs> so, I'll I will I'll accept the criticism of being a little overzealous on things. So, try to keep it, you know, just south of the meltdown territory though. Okay, Richard Ogden writes in and says there are standards that professionals should adhere to. When you publish anything, it should have been checked and checked again for errors. Notwithstanding that, with Star Citizen and Chris Roberts, we have a thoroughly dishonest person with 200 million of backers cash who has failed to deliver what he promised all those years later. Not having a consistent project plan. Probably part of the reason backers don't have a game. Yeah, I mean... I guess you could look at it that way, if that's... You know, yeah. that's the way you wanted to, you know, view the world. But the, the conclusion that he's drawn is that it, that there's thorough dishonesty involved. I don't know that I'm going to go that far, but I, it's it's not unreasonable to believe that there are that not all the facts have been revealed for perhaps selfish reasons. Uh, whether that counts as thorough dishonesty, I don't know, but. Uh, you know, I can I can see where that, that viewpoint well, comes from. Well, you know, I got to remember that this is the one of the first games that got backed through uh, some some you know crowdfunded uh, process. It's one of the largest that's ever happened, and now he's trying to balance a corporation and and uh, adherence to some type of corporate standards and still maintain that crowdfunded feeling. Um, you know, it's 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 a it's a bridge too far, in my opinion, and that's and that's I think it's part of the it's part of the right. problem. It's part of the problem. Sean Newboy writes in, "Wonderful show! Congrats on the space hairspray. The roadmap is fine. It's all good." Okay, so Sean Newboy's telling us to move on. I, I think I that's think what it, it sums it up very nicely. All I heard was "wonderful show, guys." I was yep. like, "Yeah, that's a great line," and then. There was more, but that yeah. was the the key point I think that he wanted to drive home. Well, the space hairspray was a pretty classic moment. That's the that's that's your uh, that's your random roll table working working for you. Star Hunter writes in: the SC roadmap is broken up into pieces to be assigned to different people or groups. That is the way tasks work in Jira. 
3.5 ship system. Degradation improvements is the functionality for wear and degradation. This would be the tech side of making it work. It can be added to the game at this point, but you only see the durability numbers change. 3.6 ship system. Degradation improvements V2 includes visualizing the wear degradation on items. This would be the art side so you can see parts wearing out to match the durability and tying the systems together. And these are part of the gameplay mechanics because they will affect how you play the game. I mean, arguably 3.5 is. That's like a mini game, right? Ship degradation and replacing wear and tear. That's a, that's a, in Elite Dangerous, it's a couple of button clicks at the, at the uh, station. Right, and so I mean that's I guess part of the mini game, um, but and you can make it more extensive in Star Citizen, I suppose. But three point six—that's art. That's not gameplay. That's art. And 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 uh, again, this is my categorization meltdown. So we'll move on from it. But you know, it's it seemed to me things were being padded out a little bit to make it look like there were more tasks than there really were. Ken from Chicago writes in and says, First, thank heavens for Brian's return. He brought balance to the Forcer podcast. I, too, failed to understand the intensity of Tony's screed. Meltdown at screed. About labels. As Brian reasonably replied, Okay, they're storking on game features regardless on the category labels. And Tony was all like, Tom Skerritt, the dad in a river runs through it. That if you did fly fish the correct way, you didn't... That if you didn't fly fish the correct way, you didn't deserve to catch a fish. That CIG... Hey, I, most of Chicago still call it Sears Tower, so make me drop the G in Star Citizen. Just try it. Uh, I didn't properly synchronize category labels of game features in both Star Citizen and Squadron 42 roadmaps. Then they have failed at game making and must be cast out of the industry. All Brian, once again, proves to be the Tony Whisperer in, and deduces that the real B in Tony's bonnet is the delay of professions in the roadmaps. Way to go, Brian. Perhaps there's a reason lawyers are advised not to argue for themselves in court. Space legs means to me walking in stations, walking in starships, and walking on planets. As Tony Theory crafted, there are elements of Elite Dangerous that could let you use an avatar that doesn't have to be PvP Bloodsport or replicate Star Citizen's first-person shooter module. Then again, why not? If SC can be inspired by ED's Super Cruise, ED can be inspired by SC's first-person shooter. What's good for the goose? Damn, Tony. They failed at game-making. <laughs> they failed at game-making. I you, do like you the got fact that I got fans, screed man. and meltdown in the same you, week. You got some fans. I, don't you want to? I do like the fact that I got screamed about and meltdown the same week. <laughs> I don't want to scream about it. I don't understand it. that? That's crazy. This, this <laughs> listeners, uh, we want the listeners to have opinions, and did, you know, it's it's you got it's the people have a reaction to what we say, and that's wonderful. I I appreciate it. So I like what he said about uh, avatars in first person mode don't have to be about shooters. I think that's true. It could just be well, yeah. Well, that's what create. It's what creator yeah, was talking like about it. too. It's a popular opinion, I think. Yeah, I, I'm not sure that every game needs to boil down to being a first-person shooter. I, I just, I, I'm against that. In that spirit, Elite should make all first-person combat, uh, PvP combat, slap fights like this, as a slap <laughs> in the face to the uh, griefers. <laughs> if you, you know, if if you buy the download pack, you get a fish. <laughs> you smack them with a fish. With a fish. <laughs> you smack a red herring. Fish. Uh, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Amaniar writes in and says, Hi, folks. Tony's wrong. Well, that's a, gi- a given. I wouldn't call him an, er- an ignorant slut. He's not ignorant. <laughs> I think he's reasonably well-informed and deliberate. Slut has a connotation I don't like, and a definition that I have no reason to believe applies to Tony. So, yeah, no. But he is wrong. 
Uh, here are the two places where he's not wrong. CIG's priority is getting Squadron 42 done. They have flat out said so. When Squadron 42 needs resources, they're assigned to Star Citizen. Those resources will be assigned to Squadron 42. The lack of, quote, game loop entries in the roadmap is a big disappointment. I want to see those professions as badly as anyone, and it's a bummer that they have kept getting pushed back and back and back. He's still wrong, though. He's wrong to think guard frequency is served by making the podcast Star Citizen Crossfire. I would much prefer that everyone strive to look at the game's development objectively and give us thoughtful, measured commentary. If everyone knows, without even knowing the specific subject, that Tony is going to cast a negative light on CIG star, slash Star Citizen, that's not good. It doesn't make good radio. And speaking of good radio, it would be much more entertaining to have the hosts, other than the one being challenged, respond first. Oh yeah, where chill wins the back, uh, the feedback smiley. So I, I can't respond because it would be much more entertaining to have the one that's not being challenged respond first. So someone else, I'll start. I'll start. I'm the, I'm the, I'm the young okay. Jeff. Ben's, I'm go, the young go Jeff. Ben. Go Ben. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, yeah. um, reading through this, I do agree that their priority needs to be getting Squadron Forty Two done. When when I backed, that was my dream was to play through the single player campaign and then graduate, you know, graduate into Star Citizen, the persistent universe, where I could have all of my adventures and and the jobs laid out for me. But that being said, we're in this confusing predicament of Squadron forty two is being built and we haven't even tried it yet. Right, and then you've got this persistent universe that needs to stay sustaining and evolving over here and working. You obviously need professions for that to work. You know they've got some pretty big ships like the mining ship, you know, and exploration ships coming. You know, TBD. You've got a refueling ship coming. Where are those professions? So that I think is disappointing that you don't have those those professions put into it. So I, I do see where he's coming from. Um, I just I just wish that maybe you know hindsight's a wonderful thing, right? Hindsight being twenty twenty, I'm sure Chris Roberts himself was saying I should have done these differently, but here I am, and this is what I have to deal with. But it's just unfortunate we get to see it right now at this phase the way it is. I have to agree with Ben because when I backed, I backed Squadron Forty Two. Uh, the idea, uh, you know, it was the successor to Wing Commander. This is what we wanted. You know, the reason I got my concierge status was because I bought into the concept uh, and, and, and snorted the fairy dust of the persistent universe. <laughs> but when you, when, you, when you take the whole thing on an overview, you realize that we're really upset or not upset over the, over the status of Squadron 42. And I think that's where a lot of people are right now. I, I just like the, uh, the the concept of Jeff snorting fairy dust. I'm just, I'm just <laughs> reveling that in my mind for a minute. I'm just enjoying that. Like that. Glitter? Cause is that like glitter? <laughs> no, that's without that's, that's without the glitter. Yeah, no, no glitter. It's a total fairy dust. He is he is high as Tinkerbell right now. I, I get it. See, I backed for squad for Star Citizen. I did. You know, I I played Wing Commander three and. Four, I think, and uh, and they were fine. They were they were fun games, but uh, but it was the the multiplayer Star Citizen that got my attention. So 
uh, over over time as things have gone on, I've been I've just dis- I've discovered or decided that Elite Dangerous is the game that I've always wanted, uh, and it's got the features and the, the gameplay that that I was looking for in Star Citizen, um, and it's it's live and going, and and now that the, it's very clear that. Star Citizen is taking the backseat. Squadron Forty Two, for the reasons that have been discussed, uh, it, it it disappoints me. And 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 we said this earlier in one of our either with Derek or one of the shows right after Derek is that my confidence that Squadron Forty Two will be released at some point, probably within that timeline that's been predicted. I'm very confident in that. I think that's going to happen. We're going to get Squadron Forty Two in some shape or form in that rough time frame. I have less confidence now that Star Citizen is going to be released because of the investors and the pressure that's going to be on them to, to meet certain milestones. So that's the thesis that I'm proceeding from at this point. Um, and, and what I say follows from that. If that means that I'm always going to have a negative response or that's the anticipation, that may be it. But that's why I have everybody else around here to tell me I'm wrong. The listeners, my co-hosts, everybody is willing to tell me that I'm wrong and keep me in check, and that is a good thing. I was actually going to tell you you were wrong, too, until you spoke just now, and I'm like, yeah, I, I agree entirely, because, I mean, I was, I didn't get into Star Citizen until it was Star Citizen also. Squadron 42 is, like, secondary to me. I, I wanted the open world, you know, do-what-I-want experience in the Star Citizen Persistent Universe. I was sold on the Aurora had a bed in it, and you sleep in that. You, you That's your ship. You live there. You know what I mean? I was really, really sold on that. And you're absolutely right. You find that in Elite in spades. But there's a lot missing that, that you'll get in Star Citizen. It, it would, it would, the persistent universe would trump Elite's big universe probably in a heartbeat because there's so much more to do. Um, because you can walk around and interact and you have that shooter aspect. But as far as Squadron 42, it's a secondary thing for me. I'm more excited about Star Citizen. I feel the same way. I'm just wondering where, when the focus uh, stopped being, uh, I'm thinking early on, 2013 or so, or 2014, when the focus stopped being Squadron 42 and the hype became Star Citizen, and uh, was it the, you know, the ongoing crowdfunding that, uh, and that was yep. magical numbers that we yep. were trying to hit? Yep. And, and uh, yep. uh, was, is, was that incorrect? Lennon and I went on Galactic Inquiry in 2013 or 2014, right around the time you're talking about, Jeff. And we went on Mike Moreland's show and we said enough is enough. And, and that, was what we, that was what we said way back then. And yeah, I mean, that's where, that's where it kind of where I think that they went off track. I know we have different views, like Jeff and I were talking the the single player, and you guys were talking Star Citizen, but I've had the chance since I wrote in, what was that, a month ago now, Tony? About-ish? Mm, yeah. So when yeah. I wrote in, I've, I've had a chance to kind of rethink things, and I think what probably was happening was they just kept promising jobs, like profession after profession. I remember originally it was, what, you could be a bounty hunter, an explorer, you know, a pirate. There, there was like a... Yeah, there's just a few things. Four or and, five. and now now you can be a tugboat captain. I mean <laughs> space space's sky's the limit, right? And I think yeah. I think analyzing myself, I drank the Kool-Aid and sniffed the fairy dust and I started getting super excited, like, oh I can be this, oh I can be that, I can do this, I can do that. Can I really do that? And I started in my mind building how Star Citizen was going to be 
not realizing the reality of the development that has to go into all these mechanics to make them work enjoyably. That's kind of the operative phrase is enjoyably. Yeah, yeah you can have mining where you blast yeah. a rock with a laser and pow, and then stuff just magically absorbs into your ship. But that's not fun. You know? Right. That that'd right. be a different game. Yeah. So looking yeah. looking back, I think that's that's I'm still really disappointed that we were I don't want to use the word promised, but we were offered all of these job options and they're kind of on back burners right now so we can get the single player campaign out. I am excited for Squadron 42 though. As am I. It, it's the dark side of I love the game we're building, right? Because that game is not going to be built the way that we think it is. And it, it it's, it's kind of why, going back to even another discussion, why I feel like we have more license to do that with Star Citizen because it still is being built, you know, and, and things still are changing. And we kind of, we should know. We should know that the game we're building isn't going to be how it turns out. But with Elite, the indications and the way that they practice is they don't tell you what's happening until it's almost done. And by then, it's too late to do a lot of theory crafting because they've already sort of built the system, right? And it's going to be delivered in that form whether you like it or not. Uh, there's some opportunity to tweak the edges based on community feedback, and Frontier's done that, but it's largely baked. Night Vision being one of the, my, my most recent uh, uh, critique of, the, of that uh, situation. So it's, it's, uh, it's, it's the dark side of I love the game we're building. It's those things that we're offered, as you say. They're not necessarily going to turn out the way we expect. All right, so where Chill writes in, in general feedback, and this one's going to take a team effort, uh, gentlemen, uh, to, to do. Uh, Brian's not here, so the part of uh, Brian will be read by Henry, uh, which Shiv said that has to happen anyway because Henry does the best kin shadow. Yes. So uh, the part of me will be read by me. Uh, the part of Henry will be read by Ben. And even and Jeff, you have when, the yeah, closing line. I have the line. closing line. Yeah, Jeff is Jeff's our closer here. So, all right. So, uh, so uh, Henry, if you will, if you will, if you will begin. My best kin shadow. Yes, your best kin shadow. The intro line is from Archel. I've taken the last several episodes and extrapolated a script for a future episode. So, hmm. In other news, Cloud Imperium had a great week. Sure, if you completely ignore their blunders. Blunders. They announced the Squadron 42 release date and pre-release sales. Mm. Okay, but did you see how they announced it? Yes, I thought Mark Hamill and Jillian did a terrific job. Well, they were fine, but this is yet another sign of the investors making the decisions now. What are you talking about? They've completely sidestepped the backers. Instead of telling us first, they just announced it to the world. I didn't have a problem with that. Mm -mm. They broke promises. And did you see the logo on the side of the Carrick? They flew in on it. Didn't even match Squadron 42's design language. I did notice that, but honestly, I did not mind. It's another sign that CIG, oh, excuse me, CI, didn't have their together. Henry appears on Tony's camera, sneaking up behind him. And he whips off Tony's mask, revealing... Derek Smart. Ah, it's this guy. Oh, huh. no man's sky sucks. <laughs> and scene. <laughs>
I hope my Ken Shadow voice wasn't too annoying to use. It was off a high. I, I, no, I thought you captured it. Was it. Off a I high. thought you captured his it essence. Wasn't, it wasn't his bad, spirit. Brian. It was. It was pretty good, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's terrible. But that's what Ken Shadow gets for going skiing rather yeah, than hanging out with us. Yeah, right now. What the like hell? A normal person. Wait, he's not know. even. He's not even off on a foreign country somewhere. Oh, oh, no, he deserves no. everything he gets. Yeah, he deserved everything. So next bit of time that. we'll just bring in Frank and be like, "In other news, Clyde Imperium had a great week." There you go. That's right. We need we need first first. We need Frank the Verster on here. Yep, that's for sure. And finally, wrapping up this extra extra long feedback segment this week, Stephen Hunter UK writes in and says, "I'm working my way through the fan fiction approval process with CIG, and while a full report will follow, I must say, it definitely needs some work." Uh, he did link in our Discord channel uh, the PDF form uh, that they that he has working on, which is dated from 2015. It was created in 2015. So this material submission process or procedure, or whatever, has been contemplated at least for going on three years now. Uh, Ortwin wrote it uh, via his twin brother's production studios. So it may be something he borrowed from his film days. And it kind of sounds like that to me because we talked about how it was a little bit like the Star Trek spec script problems where people would submit stuff, then they get accused of plagiarism if any components were used and, and other things like that. So there's some stuff going on there. It wouldn't surprise me if it needed some tweaking. But uh, thank you, uh, Stephen Hunter UK, and, and keep us informed and because uh, I'm, I'm, I'm interested. So, no new Patreon, which means no new random winner, but uh, Tony will continue. Community question this week. Okay, it's theory crafting time. Tell us the unusual way tractor beams will be used in the game. Towing and cargo loading don't count. And otherwise, how was the show? Are we a sweet bag of Cool Ranch, or are we stuck in a bag of nacho cheese? Drop us an email, a tweet, or a comment on our show posts, which you can find on our website and look us up on Discord. And that brings us to the end of episode 248 of Guard Frequency. We'll be back with episode 249 on February 26th, 2019, so be sure to keep an ear out for our shows over at GuardFrequency.com. We'd like to thank the entire team at Guard Frequency and the Priority One Network, except that they don't invite me to their channel. Thanks to our community manager, Justin Shilverbean Lowmaster, our artist and master web slinger, Ben Sanders, our elite contributor, Baxter, and of course, our audio engineers, Mikey Lennon and Bill Hardy. Thanks to our syndication partner, The Bass, and a special thanks to Ronald Jenkins for his permission to use his music in our show. Visit ronaldjenkins.com for more of his work. But above all, we especially want to thank you folks for tuning in. If no one's listening out there, the deep black gets pretty lonely. This is Tony Intro Sync One. This is Ben Intro Sync One. This would be <laughs> this is Ben Henry Intro, Sync, intro two. Sync Two. And then Ben, and so we'll just we'll cover that in a le- in a later lesson. <laughs> intro. What, in what a, three. Wait, hold on. No, no. This is Ben Sync One. Yes, I love it. Okay, Ben, check it out. I'm gonna go first because I can show you how to do it. And that's what we'll do. Okay, we're gonna dry run, and then you're Welcome, still gonna get pilot. to open the show. So Tony. <laughs>
Go ahead and tell me <laughs> to right, start. Right, so this, this is, is what this you is, get right. when you pick some Let's random guy off the internet three, to join your show. Two. <laughs> this has this been is Intro you Sync get. One. Oh wait! We're totally we're, getting we're on Patreon this week. That's a great this next week because it's not this week's already over. You were right. You were doing the right thing this time. You're good. Welcome, right. pilots. You've tuned to the guard frequency because you don't know what you're getting yourself into. Okay. Good luck. So I'm just gonna start with welcome, pilots. Is that good? Uh, <laughs> what do you point at me? Wait, yeah, whichever. Yeah. Time. Gotcha. Just go. Okay. Show's gonna uh, be so good. Jeff's gonna wake up halfway through, and he's gonna be a Patreon. Probably we're not going to be participating too much in this, but congratulations to uh, groups like the Z. Uh, excuse me, that was terrible. <laughs> I apologize. Okay, Rick. Congratulations like, to the. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> that Got was, it, Rick. Eh, you know, this is how the sausage is made, kids. Uh, sorry. Okay. I have a quick bulletin for you. Oh, do you? You are security in tomorrow's Star Trek uh, uh, RPG game because you didn't answer. Snacktical officer, and uh, we're doing a show. <laughs> I know. I'm. I'm answering him. I'm. I'm covering. We booth. are recording. <laughs> so I picked medical, and now you've got to be security. A show, people. <laughs> I'm Henry not a professional. Is fired <laughs> for answering <laughs> messages while at work. Henry is so fired. This is Tony. Feedback closing. Sync one. This is Jeff. Feedback and closing. Sync two. This is Henry. Feedback and closing. Sync three. This is Ben. Feedback and closing. <laughs> closing. Sync four. <laughs> Make these mistakes Feedbags now. Feedbags and Sorry, closing. Sync five. <laughs> Feedbags and clothing. Second floor. Feedbags and clothing. <laughs> All right. Feedbags. Feedbags and clothing in three. Some say he's launched a book aimed at 9 to 12 year olds and that he's pleased to say he's managed to hit one of them. (laughs) (laughs) Shiv, you got Tony. He couldn't get it out. You got him, man. Couldn't do it. That was pretty good. What's my severance like?